0: Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Warner Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, thank you, everybody, and welcome to the George Warner Jr. Show. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a. Ra- quite a ride i hope everybody had uh, this is my first day back since the holidays during the show uh we were supposed to do a show yesterday but somehow we've got sidetracked i want to apologize to my guests uh for that particular show that we weren't on the air live like we are now so uh it, it's been it's been a little bit complicated but uh, the holidays are over and uh, we're back hopefully we're back to um some sort of a saneness if i could if that's a word if i can say that you know so anyway welcome to the george wilder jr show we've been off all week i as i was alluding to uh we were supposed to be on yesterday but something happened you know and uh i'm trying to equate everything with the coldness it is cold it is freaking effing cold folks and as you probably know there's some you know Places around America, towns around America, cities that are—they um, have blizzards. Blizzards are all, all over the place. Cold blizzards everywhere. Someone called me from Florida and said, "Hey George, it's cold in Florida too." I said, "Well, wow, man, that's supposed to be the sunshine state, right?" But it, it just—this—this this is totally unusual. I mean, this cold blast. I mean, freezing our asses off, folks. I mean, (laughs) the young girls got to dress up and they hate that. Some of them do anyway out here and it's cold, 20 20 below. But everybody has to, everybody has to uh, bundle up. I mean, this cold weather is not BSing. It's very, 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 very cold. You know, uh, I mean, anytime you start celebrating, you start uh, dancing in the street because it's going to be 30 degrees, something's wrong. You know, they're saying it's going to be 30s next week or something like that. And everybody, oh, 30 30s. Something is wrong because it, in my mind, 30s are cold, but it's not as cold as 20 below zero or, or 35 below zero. Factoring in the, factoring in the wind chill factor, um, it, it, it's, it's just cold. Uh, <laughs> stay warm wherever you are. There's a lot of people out here that I know are stuck in, uh, st- stuck in the snow. Stuck on the highways, accidents. You know, just be careful out there, folks. This this is winter. This is one of uh, they're calling this now the winter blast of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen barely. I mean, at the uh, recording of this episode of the show, twenty eighteen has barely is barely in good yet. You know, and they're calling it the uh, blizzard of um, of twenty eighteen. You know, brand new year. Brand <laughs> 2018 sounds good, doesn't it? Uh it sounds like a great year. Gonna be a beautiful year, especially hopefully we can get these clowns out of these clowns out of the White House. And that's all they are uh, circuits clowns. Can't run a peanut gallery, you know. And um, but anyway, I'm glad to be back on the show. We're gonna be off for another uh you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll be back here on Monday. Hopefully, we'll start to get the new year off right. And I do not have any New Year's resolutions. I did not make any because I know I'm not going to keep it. So, you know, losing weight, yeah, I'm going to try. I mean, because I believe a lot of people during the holidays, over the holidays, we've eaten a lot, we've ate a lot, and we've gained some pounds. We've gained some weight. And all we gotta do, <laughs> but you know, this cold weather is keeping a lot of people in the house. Your people can't get out and walk for thirty, forty, fifty minutes, and they can't get out and jog. I mean, you can go. Uh, some people can't even get out to go to the gym, you know, because of the weather. It is so you 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 like uh, you like uh, you like a hermit in your own apartment or your condo or your home because you can't get out and do the things you, that you want to do. To enjoy nature in itself, because of the cold weather, you know, and uh, you feel like you're trapped inside of your own home. I can't get out; it's too cold. And then you wake up the next morning, your whole house is freezing because you forgot to turn on the furniture or the heaters or whatever. It's just a mess. It is cold. I mean, this is the winter of (laughs) twenty, the cold blast of 2018, and it's not funny. It's it's really serious. I want to say, everybody, Happy New Year, 2018 at the at the uh processing of this show because once this show is processed it's going to be a podcast and you can listen to it anytime you want and i want to say congratulations to me because i've just published five five stories on amazon and you can check those out five yeah for this year i just published it, it was hard work but you know somebody had to do it right it had to be me okay and I try, to, I try to own everything that I do. I don't try to put whatever I can do for myself off on someone else. And I don't think a lot of people should do that. If you can do something yourself, why pay have to have someone else do it if you can do it? Because sometimes you can pay someone to do something, and they'll do a shoddy job. So why not do what you can do for yourself and keep that money in your pocket? And maybe you will do a better job. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show and I want to apologize to my guests because there was a screw up yesterday. We we should have been on, but we weren't. And I won't give a tell you the reason why we were not because it's it's actually uh, uh it's it's it's, you know, it's a minor mistake or a minor error. You know, so, and and I want to apologize to my guest again. This is the George Wilder Jr. Show. Hate has no home here. And we are trying to make the world a better place as much as we can, as much as we possibly can, making the world a better place. It's tough. It's, it's rough. Uh, it's even harder than it was before because we have people in the White House and, that has taken America down to the ground. I, I know a lot of people out here have heard about that book that uh, Steve uh, Steve Bannon gave an interview to uh, and he said some awful things about Donald Trump. You know what, I believe everything he says, even though he's trying to walk back those comments now, but I don't, but he's walking the back, he's trying to walk back what he said, but he never did deny saying a lot of things that he said in that book. I mean, when when uh, Steve Bannon was fired from the White House, I knew right then that this guy was going to come out one day and just tell everything. He was going to just unload <laughs> on the Trump White House, and he has. But now he's back to kissing Trump's ass, and Trump is accepting it, <laughs> as of always, as always. But this, folks, this is this is the okay. This is the worst. There's no doubt about it. This is the worst administration in the history of the world that we've got in the White House. This this is just un effing believable. The kinds of things that are going on in the White House and the, the scandals, the garbage that is coming out that is coming out of this White House, coming out of the people involved in this mess. It's a mess. Some, some people are calling it what it is, S-H-I-T, that's coming out of this White House and what this government is about. It, it's just horrifying what we're getting today in our government. It's horrifying. It's scary. It, it's, you know, I mean, Trump is talking about uh his nuclear button is bigger than the other guy's nuclear button now what kind of crap is that his nuclear button is bigger than the other guy the korean guy kim Jong-un. his nuclear button i mean this is childish this is like third grade but this is what we have and then you got, then you have uh fox news and a lot of these other republicans um, viciously crucifying uh, Robert Mueller because he is about to take Trump's ass to jail. He's about to indict Donald Trump. A grand jury is being seated as, I, uh, as I'm as i on the air here, which is good for America, bad for Trump. Um, the mess that just keeps coming out is just awful. We don't even recognize ourselves anymore as the United States. We don't know what we are. One of the things I know we have to do is get Trump and the Republicans out of office. These are the people that are responsible, that are responsible. But the Republicans, they, I mean, they're sitting back and letting this guy just destroy America. So they're just as much to blame for Trump's carnage, uh, destroying this country, destroying the democracy, as anybody. This is just so horrible, what we're getting. No leadership whatsoever. Trump has offered up no leadership on any front when it comes to uh, the United States of America. He offers no leadership, just garbage, 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 garbage in, garbage out. That's all we get. Fox News is pitiful. Those folks over there at Fox News are selling their soul to the devil to kiss Trump's ass. That's about all. That's about all there is to that. They're selling their soul Fox News, those folks over there on Fox News selling their souls to the devil to kiss Trump's ass and to uh malign Bob Mueller, which is pathetic, totally pathetic you know Fox News should be taken off the air it should it's it's not a legitimate just like this guy is not a legitimate president. Fox News is not a legitimate news organization. Sean Hannity knows nothing about journalism they just picked plucked him out from somewhere and gave him a desk and say go for it you know he is nobody's journalist no one's journalist he's nothing of a journalist fox news is a joke a complete joke all right you've been listening to the george wilder jr show we're back on the air folks <laughs> and we're back on the air we still have some difficulties on the computer computer here and um, i'm i'm trying to say it's probably the cold weather you know because it has really really been astronomically cold i mean we were out this morning and <laughs> it was just so uh refreshing to, refreshing to see that most people were bundled up to the hilt you know and they've got the message but you still have a few people out there who will not get the message you got people out here who will not cover cover up their head put anything on their head uh from the cold even if they're getting uh demands from the doctor from the their places of employment to cover up at least cup their ears you know some people will not do it i mean you see women mostly some women not all most women are bundling up but some women will say well they can't bundle up they don't want to put anything on their head because they don't want to mess up their hair but your ears are going to freeze off if you don't put something on your head some of them are just die hard. They will not dress. They, they'll freeze their asses off. They go out here in their little tight-ass things, uh, uh, leggings, and swear up and down that they're not cold when it's 20 below zero. Now, why would you want to wear a pair of leggings out in 20 below zero and then acting as if the cold isn't bothering you or you're shivering like <laughs> like hell, you know? So uh, it's, it's sad to see that some people, a few people will not dress the way they should for this weather when they know they ought to. Because one of the things is if you wind up, if you end up getting the flu or some sort of a cold or illness, wherever you're going uh, to school, to work, you're going to give that to your, you're going to give that sickness to your employees. It's contagious. So why would you want to give uh, a sickness or disease to your classmates or to your co-workers because you didn't dress up, you didn't bundle up, so you got sick and you carried your butt to work and everybody else around you has gotten sick because you didn't do the right thing, covering yourself up. That's only, that only makes sense to me and uh, maybe a few people, but uh, it's cold out here, folks. So, I mean, no matter who you are, where you are, if it's cold in your neck of the woods, bundle up. Bundle up. You, sometimes when people refuse to bundle up and you see them out here in 20, 20 or 25 below zero weather, freezing their asses off. They're cute. They look good. They're beautiful, but they're freezing their butts off. I mean, they're shaking and shivering and walking down the street, shaking and shivering, you know, <laughs> then, you, then you have some people who have on who have on coats, thick coats with hoods, but they refuse to put the hoods o- over their heads for some reason. And I just told you the reason. So, but basically, generally, cover up out here. It is very, very cold at the, at the recording, at the um, broadcasting of this show. It is cold. It may be warm next week. I don't know. 30 degrees. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> when you think in 30 degrees is great weather, something's wrong, you know, but In Chicago, I can speak for Chicago, it's been six degrees, it's been six below, and they're adding more on with the wind chill factor, 30 30 below zero with the wind chill factor, but, you know, it's cold. I mean, (laughs) if you're trying to walk to the corner store from your home, you're going to freeze your butt off if you're not properly dressed. Uh, Icicles and all this kind of thing on your windows and stuff, you know, uh, thick, 2 inch thick ice from hanging from the windows. You know, it is, it is very cold and it, it's January. January is notably cold, but we've had this cold spell for about 10 to 15 days. Now it's time for it to let up, but, uh, there is something going on in the atmosphere. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to the uh, George Walter Jr. Show, but, uh, keep warm out there, dress up and hope you feel, try to stay positive. All right, winter storm pounds eastern U.S. Okay, I just got through talking about it. And hurricane force winds and more than, let's see what we got here. Hurricane force winds, more than a foot of snow, hit parts of northeast on Thursday as the first major winter storm of 2018 barreled up to the coast. And it is triggering multiple states' of emergency and pleas for drivers to stay off the roads." Wow. In Boston, where the where a blizzard warning was in effect until Thursday evening, the city braced for 8 inches to 14 inches of snow while experiencing potentially historic flooding along its coast, according. This is phenomenal. I mean, bad weather all over the place. I mean, you know, you, you think you're having it Uh, bad but just you know look out the window and um think a little broader and you find that that you're not the only one your your city or your state is not the only one having bad weather it's it's uh all over america you know so massachusetts you know it's a mess all right um Wind gusts are expected to reach at least 65, 65 miles per hour from eastern Massachusetts to southern Rhode Island, causing whiteout conditions. Yeah, it is bad. I'm looking at a video video of this right now. And significant snow drifts. Temperatures on Friday morning are forecast to dip below zero, and wind chills may make it feel like minus 20. Wow, 20 below zero. 20 below zero, sorry. Uh, such Temperatures can cause frostbite to expose skin. And that's why I try to tell folks, frostbite is not a joke. You can lose your fingers or your toes, you know, in this kind of weather if you don't cover up. Uh, they're saying that it could be exposed in as little as 30 minutes. The weather uh, service said 30 minutes. Most snowfalls reported in the northeast appear to be in Cape uh, May Courthouse, New Jersey. Yeah, where seven inches have fallen as a 4 p.m. Atlantic County uh, Margit City also saw 16 inches of snow. Uh, there's uh, snow being forecasted for Illinois, I mean, Chicago uh for next week for next week snow and cold you know <laughs> you're buried inside the house once you get off work <laughs> you're not going back out you know <laughs> you're gonna pick up everything out there as you head it home because so you don't have to go go out pizza hamburgers french fries you're gonna pick up all of that stuff while you getting off work because once you're in the house you're not going back out and that's the sad of it all that's the sad of it because that's how you gain weight being you know buried inside the house because you can't get out to do the things you need to do but some people do have uh some people do have what they call a uh, gym inside of their condos or their apartments or their homes you know and they work out that way but a lot of people do not because you need to keep that blood flowing believe me (laughs) especially as you age you need to keep that blood flowing all right happy 2018 And you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I do have a guest today, but I'm not going to mention his name because I can't pronounce it. And I don't want to mess it up right now. Um, uh, You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. We are still trying to get over some of this cold weather here. You know, this this is what we have. This is what we have. All right. uh, We will be right back. We're going to do something like this. Can we do this?
1: I'm here today to talk about a disturbing question, which has an equally disturbing answer. My topic is the secrets of domestic violence. And the question I'm going to tackle is the one question everyone always asks. Why does she stay? Why would anyone stay with a man who beats her? I'm not a psychiatrist, a social worker, or an expert in domestic violence. I'm just one woman with a story to tell. I was 22. I had just graduated from Harvard College. I'd moved to New York City for my first job as a writer and editor at Seventeen Magazine. I had my first apartment, my first little green American Express card, and I had a very big secret. My secret was that I had this gun loaded with hollow-point bullets, pointed at my head by the man who I thought was my soulmate many, many times. The man who I loved, more than anybody on earth, held a gun to my head and threatened to kill me more times than I can even remember. I'm here to tell you the story of crazy love, a psychological trap disguised as love, one that millions of women and even a few men fall into every year. It may even be your story. I don't look like a typical domestic violence survivor, I have a BA in English from Harvard College, an MBA in Marketing from Wharton Business School. I spent most of my career working for Fortune 500 companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Leo Burnett, and The Washington Post. I've been married for almost 20 years to my second husband, and we have three kids together. My dog is a black lab, and I drive a Honda Odyssey minivan. (laughs) So my first message for you is that domestic violence happens to everyone. All races, all religions, all income and education levels. It's everywhere. And my second message is that everyone thinks domestic violence happens to women. That it's a women's issue. Not exactly. Over 85% of abusers are men. And domestic abuse happens only in intimate, interdependent, long-term relationships. In other words, in families the last place we would want or expect to find violence, which is one reason domestic abuse is so confusing. I would have told you myself that I was the last person on earth who would stay with a man who beats me. But in fact, I was a very typical victim because of my age. I was 22, and in the United States, women ages 16 to 24 are three times as likely to be domestic violence victims as women of other ages. And over 500 women and girls this age are killed every year by abusive partners, boyfriends, and husbands in the United States. They are. I was also a very typical victim because I knew nothing about domestic violence, its warning signs or its patterns. I met Connor on a cold, rainy January night. He sat next to me on the New York City subway, and he started chatting me up. He told me two things. One was that he, too, had just graduated from an Ivy League school and that he worked at a very impressive Wall Street bank. But what made the biggest impression on me that first meeting was that he was smart and funny, and he looked like a farm boy. He had these big cheeks, these big apple cheeks, and this wheat blonde hair, and he seemed so sweet. One of the smartest things Connor did from the very beginning was to create the illusion that I was the dominant partner in the relationship. He did this, especially at the beginning, by idolizing me. We started dating, and he loved everything about me. That I was smart, that I'd gone to Harvard, that I was passionate about helping teenage girls and my job. He wanted to know everything about my family and my childhood, my hopes and dreams. Connor believed in me as a writer and a woman in a way that no one else ever had. And he also created a magical atmosphere of trust between us by confessing his secret, which was that as a very young boy starting at age four, he had been savagely and repeatedly physically abused by his stepfather. And the abuse had gotten so bad that he had had to drop out of school in eighth grade, even though he was very smart. And he'd spent almost 20 years rebuilding his life, which is why that Ivy League degree and the Wall Street job and his bright, shiny future meant so much to him. If you had told me that this smart, funny, sensitive man who adored me would one day dictate whether or not I wore makeup, how short my skirts were, where I lived, what jobs I took, who my friends were, and where I spent Christmas, I would have laughed at you because there was not a hint of violence, or control, or anger in Connor at the beginning. I didn't know that the first stage in any domestic violence relationship is to seduce and charm the victim. I also didn't know that the second step is to isolate the victim. Now, Connor did not come home one day and announce, you know, hey, this, all this Romeo and Juliet stuff has been great, but I need to move into the next phase, where I isolate you and I abuse you. <laughs> so I need to get you out of this apartment where the neighbors can hear you scream, and out of this city where you have friends and family and coworkers who can see the bruises. Instead, Connor came home one Friday evening, and he told me that he had quit his job that day, his dream job. And he said that he had quit his job because of me, because I had made him feel so safe and loved that he didn't need to prove himself on Wall Street anymore. And he just wanted to get out of the city and away from his abusive, dysfunctional family and move to a tiny town in New England where he could start his life over with me by his side. Now, the last thing I wanted to do was leave New York and my my dream job. But I thought you made sacrifices for your soulmate. So I agreed and I quit my job, and Connor and I left Manhattan together. I had no idea I was falling into crazy love, that I was walking headfirst into a carefully laid physical, financial, and psychological trap. The next step in the domestic violence pattern is to introduce the threat of violence and see how she reacts. And here's where those guns come in. As soon as we moved to New England, you know that place where Connor was supposed to feel so safe? He bought three guns. He kept one in the glove compartment of our car. He kept one under the pillows on our bed. And the third one he kept in his pocket at all times. And he said that he needed those guns because of the trauma he'd experienced as a young boy. He needed them to feel protected. But those guns were really a message for me. And even though he hadn't raised a hand to me, My life was already in grave danger every minute of every day. Connor first physically attacked me five days before our wedding. It was 7 a.m. I still had on my nightgown. I was working on my computer trying to finish a freelance writing assignment, and I got frustrated. And Connor used my anger as an excuse to put both of his hands around my neck and to squeeze so tightly that I could not breathe or scream, and he used the chokehold to hit my head repeatedly against the wall. Five days later, the ten bruises on my neck had just faded, and I put on my mother's wedding dress, and I married him. Despite what had happened, I was sure we were going to live happily ever after, because I loved him, and he loved me so much and he was very, very sorry. He had just been really stressed out by the wedding and by becoming a family with me. It was an isolated incident, and he was never going to hurt me again. It happened twice more on the honeymoon. The first time, I was driving to find a secret beach, and I got lost. And he punched me in the side of my head so hard that the other side of my head repeatedly hit the driver's side window. And then a few days later, driving home from our honeymoon, he got frustrated by traffic and he threw a cold Big Mac in my face. Connor proceeded to beat me once or twice a week for the next two and a half years of our marriage. I was mistaken in thinking that I was unique and alone in this situation. One in three American women experiences domestic violence or stalking at some point in her life and the CDC reports that 15 million children are abused every year. Fifteen million. So, actually, I was in very good company. Back to my question. Why did I stay? The answer is easy. I didn't know he was abusing me, even though he held those loaded guns to my head, pushed me downstairs, threatened to kill our dog, pulled the key out of the car ignition as I drove down the highway, poured coffee grinds on my head as I dressed for a job interview. I never once thought of myself as a battered wife. Instead, I was a very strong woman in love with a deeply troubled man, and I was the only person on earth who could help Connor face his demons. The other question everybody asks is, why doesn't she just leave? Why didn't I walk out? I could have left any time. To me, this is the saddest and most painful question that people ask. Because we victims know something you usually don't. It's incredibly dangerous to leave an abuser. Because the final step in the domestic violence pattern is kill her. Over 70% of domestic violence murders happen after the victim has ended the relationship after she's gotten out, because then the abuser has nothing left to lose. Other outcomes include long-term stalking, even after the abuser remarries, denial of financial resources, and manipulation of the family court system to terrify the victim and her children, who are regularly forced by family court judges to spend unsupervised time with the man who beat their mother. And still we ask, Why doesn't she just leave? I was able to leave because of one final sadistic beating that broke through my denial. I realized that the man who I loved so much was going to kill me if I let him. So I broke the silence. I told everyone. The police, my neighbors, my friends and family, total strangers. And I'm here today because you all helped me. We tend to stereotype victims as grisly headlines, self-destructive women, damaged goods. The question, why does she stay, is code for some people for it's her fault for staying, as if victims intentionally choose to fall in love with men intent upon destroying us. But since publishing Crazy Love, I have heard hundreds of stories from men and women who also got out, who learned an invaluable life lesson from what happened, and who rebuilt lives, joyous, happy lives, as employees, wives, and mothers, lives completely free of violence, like me. Because It turns out that I'm actually a very typical domestic violence victim, and a typical domestic violence survivor. I remarried a kind and gentle man. We have those three kids. I have that black lab, and I have that minivan. What I will never have again, ever, is a loaded gun held to my head by someone who says that he loves me. Now, right now, maybe you're thinking, wow, this is fascinating. Or, wow, how stupid was she? But this whole time, I've actually been talking about you. I promise you, there are several people listening to me right now who are currently being abused, or who were abused as children, or who are abusers themselves. Abuse could be affecting your daughter, your sister, your best friend right now. I was able to end my own crazy love story by breaking the silence. I'm still breaking the silence today. It's my way of helping other victims. And it's my final request of you. Talk about what you heard here. Abuse thrives only in silence. You have the power to end domestic violence simply by shining a spotlight on it. We victims need everyone. We need every one of you to understand the secrets of domestic violence. Show abuse the light of day by talking about it with your children, your coworkers, your friends and family. Recast survivors as wonderful, lovable people with full futures. Recognize the early signs of violence and conscientiously intervene de-escalate it. Show victims a safe way out. Together, we can make our beds, our dinner tables, and our families the safe and peaceful oases they should be. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. Hey! All right all you marijuana <laughs> that was uh uh not right was it <laughs> okay all right all of you marijuana lovers out there jeff sessions the attorney the attorney general DLJ, is coming after you with prosecutors on legalization of marijuana he doesn't think it should be legalized he thinks it's, it is nothing but a damn drug for you to get high on laugh your ass off and eat a lot Yeah, Jeff Sessions is coming. Uh, uh, Jeff Sessions unleashes federal prosecutors on marijuana, legal marijuana. So if you're getting marijuana legally, even if it's for your medical uh, benefits, he's coming after you. You know what? It's an Obama uh, uh, executive order. And these guys, anything that Obama has done. Uh, they're going to overturn it. Uh, the Justice Department is rolling back Obama-era rules that allow states to captivate uh, legal marijuana industries. So he's coming after you. So if you're uh, uh, smoking marijuana and you're doing it illegally or you, you need it for medical purposes, this asshole is coming after you, which is ridiculous. Basically, it's Trump again upending something Obama has done, upending um, an executive order of Obama's. That's wrong. That's all Trump is about. That's all he's about. It's about ending, trying to make us forget. He's trying to make us forget that Obama was ever president. But he can never do that. But he, he, he has tried to do that, and he's failed. Because all this crap that's coming out of the Trump White House, the book, this book, uh, they're trying to uh, stop the publication of this book, uh, Fire and Fury, uh, which is not good. Saying good things about Donald Trump, and you know, you know, I haven't read the book, uh, but the things that I hear that's in the book, and and what I know of Donald Trump, I I'm going to say I believe it. it. It's coming from Steve Bannon, and uh, all uh, suddenly he's apologizing. <laughs> they're saying that they're going to ruin him, you know, if he doesn't shut up and be quiet and denounce this book or take back what he said, but he hasn't taken back what he said. He may be kissing Donald Trump's ass, but he's not taking back anything that he said in this book, giving, giving, giving an interview to the author. I believe his name is Wolf something or Henry Wolf. I'm not sure because I, I haven't read the book, but I'm hearing that it's number one on Amazon. I'm here. Boy, if one of my books or one of my stories could be number one on Amazon, I'd be a happy camper. But anyway, (laughs) but anyway, um, his book is number one. That's because it's about Donald Trump and that's because it's controversial, not because of the author. I've never heard of the author before. I don't think anybody has. But I mean, you know. Most people have it, let's say it that way. But now everybody knows who, who this author is, who's written this salacious book on the Trump administration. We know who he is, and this book is number one on Amazon. So if Trump trying to block this book from being public uh, published, then he has failed because it's already out there. And a lot of people saying they're going to get it, even if a lot of people haven't gotten it already, or they haven't actually... Um, um, uh, signed up for it once it's actually fully out here, then uh, Trump is in a lot of trouble. I mean, are people are going to read the book, and uh, what people, what we all know of Trump, a lot of people are going to be reading the book. And regardless whether, whether Bannon, what, what Bannon say is true or untrue, this is another double black eye for the Trump administration. This is the worst administration in the history of the universe in the history of the world this is one of the god damn it i mean i have never seen so much shit come out of a government like america we have gone down the 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 sewer with this administration with this administration this guy is unfit he's a lunatic he's crazy he's now. And they all know this in the White House, but they're not saying. And if anybody, one of the things the White House doesn't, doesn't like, doesn't want to hear, and that's the truth. They will deny the truth as you look at them. They don't want to hear the truth. If you print the truth, if you write the truth, if you say the truth, they're coming after you calling you a liar, trying to take your job away, trying to end your career because you've told the truth on them, something they don't want to hear. Suddenly, if, once you tell, if you tell the truth on them, if you write something, you're fake news. The only thing that's fake is this president. Screwing up America, just an effed up America. Democracy be damned. Jeff Sessions should be in somebody's prison, locked up forever. Donald Trump should be right next door in the in the next cell block. These and and a lot of these assholes in Congress should be following in suit, single file to their jail cells. Cause they're all crooks. Congress is crooks because they let they're letting Donald Trump stay in, continue to F up America. The Republicans are continuing to let Donald Trump F up America. They have the power, the Democrats do not. They have the White House, they have the Congress, they have the Senate slightly, but they are still in leadership. And they could get that piece of crap out of the White House this minute if they wanted to. But they need Donald Trump. Why? They need Donald Trump to get their garbage through, to get their garbage passed, to sign in, sign their garbage into law. And Donald Trump knows it. That's the reason. That's the reason why they haven't gotten his ass out. They need him to get those to get social uh, to get Social Security and Medicaid uh, cuts. That's what they want. They've already got this scam tax bill through, and it's a total scam. it's a scam that they done put on America. We all know it. And they're going to burn for that come November, 2018. And they know they're going to burn. You know, now they got Bannon. Bannon, you know, he he said some salacious things. A lot of the things are true because he did deny him. He may have said Trump is the greatest president of all, but he did not deny saying that Trump is a lunatic. And that his son, when his son met with the Russians in, at Trump Tower, it was treasonous. He did not deny that he said any of those things. He did not take it back. Trump, think he, Trump thinks he's won, and won over on Bannon because Bannon called him great. There's no way in the world in hell that Donald Trump is great. In his mind, he's probably saying the same thing. I'm not great, I'm one of the most effed up presidents that's ever been in the White House. And he's right, if he should say that. Donald Trump, like Bruce Rauner, sometimes these people forget that they're public figures. Sometimes they forget that there's a such thing as uh, freedom of speech. He can't sue Bannon for those two reasons, but somehow, uh, Donald Trump loves to say when somebody does something, writes something, especially writes something or prints something or that he doesn't like, he comes out, I'm going to sue you. Donald Trump has never sued anybody in his life. I mean, there's been about 20 or 30 people that he said he was going to sue. And he didn't sue anything. Why doesn't he uh, sue people when he says he's going to do it? Because if he sues, tries to sue anybody, too much garbage is going to come out on his end, and he knows it. He will be exposed for who he is. We'll see his taxes, and he doesn't want that. he doesn't want that. you know so that's why Donald Trump doesn't sue anybody because he's afraid that a lot of the dirt that we've been that, that has been coming out on him is true. so he doesn't want to do that but he wants to try and to make you think he's going to do something like that. Just let it rain. Give it to me. Give it to me. Okay. Thanks. All right. Okay. If it's any good, they're called back or leave a message or something. All right. You've been listening to the George Wander Jr. Show on Block talk radio. We've been talking about Donald Trump and uh, Steve Bannon, uh, two Republicans, two crazy Republicans. They're fighting each other. They can't get along. <laughs> they're denouncing each other, and uh, you know, it, it's just crazy the way the way these people are just um, messing over and messing around this great great country, bringing it to its knees, uh, stepping on the people. It, it's just great, and they're doing it all in the name of uh, making America great again. And that that never happened. Okay, Republican wins drawing, setting tide, uh, Virginia House of Delegates race. That's pathetic, <laughs> but hey, wow! It, I mean, Democrats are, aren't going to win everything. I mean, this was uh, uh, they were this this was two people, Republican and Democrat. They were they was running in in a um, House race in Virginia. They had the same exact m- amount of votes, the same. So they decided to uh, put their names in a hat and and mix it up and all that kind of stuff, whoever whoever name came out, came out first, they uh, won the election, which sounds fair to me because, you know, Democrats aren't going to win everything. The most important thing for Democrats to win is the House, the Senate, and the presidency um, in the years coming. That's the most important. That is the most important. Um, Steve Bannon... <laughs> I mean, they're trying to disown Steve Bannon now. I mean, they are really trying to disown them. This is what Republicans do. You know, if they can't get along with their own, they're going to try to uh, disown them, discredit them, make them, you know, they're dirt, they're garbage. This is what Republicans do. This is our government. It's, it's a damn shame. Anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. On Block Talk Radio, this is a Thursday. We're going to be off tomorrow and Saturday. We, we, we will be back. Once the show is over, we're going to be back on Monday, 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 four days a week, folks. The George Wilder Jr. Show starting 2018. Four days a week, uh, six, 6 o'clock to 7.30, maybe longer. depends on what's going on in the show. And if I feel like I want to prolong it, it will uh, happen. Anyway, it is so much news coming. I mean, there is some crap every day coming out of this white house there is something every day i mean not every day almost every damn minute every hour something is coming out of this white house some people are saying george is a distraction they want to just dis- they're distracting you they're, they're distracting the country with this garbage while the republicans are uh, coming up with plans to cut social security medicaid and medicare this is how they got the tax Form through distracting us with donald trump's crap suddenly this tax reform was passed tax reform this scam because it's it's giving the republicans <laughs> it's giving all of those rich republicans more cash in their pockets taking away from the middle class taking taking money away from the poor and putting it in the pockets of the already millionaires and billionaires that doesn't make sense, but some somehow these people really like it. They like it, and uh, you know, and that's why I believe there's a lot of Republicans resigning from Congress, quitting because they, they've their pockets, they got what they want. They got the money. They're they're cashing out. This tax this tax form, this scam, you know, uh, netted them big time profits. Donald Trump signed that crap in the law and netted them big time profits. Donald Trump was at his golf course saying, hey, wow, everybody, you just got richer. I just made you richer. Yeah, he did. So a lot of these Republicans are uh, well, are quitting, resigning, giving up their posts in Congress because their pockets have been lined with our cash. And another reason I think a lot of Republicans are resigning and quitting in Congress is, they, is that they see the writing on the wall, they feel they're going to lose their jobs anyway, so they might as well just quit. So so those are the two basic reasons, I think, that uh, Republicans are leaving their positions in Congress, because a lot of these folks are young, you know, and they, they're, they know they haven't listened to their constituency, they know they've done the wrong damn thing, and they know their asses are are going to be voted out of there. So they quit. But they leave with a lot of money, a lot of cash. And um, that's wrong. That's wrong, you know. But anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. It's 7.04 straight up uh, p.m. time in the city of Chicago. Folks, like I've been saying from the start of the show, it is cold. It is cold. It's been cold for about ten or fifteen days, um, nonstop. And uh, <laughs> stay warm out there. It's 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 um it's cold. Let's see if this works.
2: Joining us now, the Vermont Independent Senator. No,
0: it's too low. Yeah, it, it's 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 cold. But uh, you know, plenty of blankets, folks. <laughs> That's what it's going to take. Lots of blankets. We'll be right back. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
3: Day. It is a terrible day for millions of working families in this country who just want Congress to work for them. It is a terrible day for people who just want to get on with their lives and not have Congress cost them even more money. It is a terrible day for millions of hardworking people, but it is a great day for giant multinational corporations and billionaires who fund Republican campaigns across this country. Today is their day. Every fundraiser, every fat check from a billionaire, and every champagne and caviar party has been about getting to this day, the day when the politicians that they put in charge of Washington would pay them back with a $1.5 trillion giveaway now supporters of this bill call it tax reform it's not tax reform it is a heist a heist that steals from millions of middle-class families and hands that money over to the wealthy a heist that will hurt medicare and social security and reduce health care coverage by 13 million people in order to hand over money to giant corporations that are already rolling in profits a heist that will hurt our economy and blow a hole in our national debt. The American people have seen through this scam. They see through every lie that's been pushed forward. They know that this bill doesn't provide middle-class tax relief. It ultimately raises taxes on more than 60% of working families in this country. They know that this bill does not promote economic growth, Nonpartisan projections have shown it will have a negligible impact. Even former Republican officials admit it. And they know that this bill won't raise wages for working people. Corporate CEOs have already said so. Those CEOs have told everyone who would listen that when they get their truckloads of money from the GOP tax bill, they will turn right around and funnel that money to their wealthy shareholders. And they know that this bill isn't even to help Americans. A third of those shareholders who will get truckloads of money from the GOP bill don't even live in the United States. Over the last month and a half, we've all watched as one Republican senator after another has cast aside every single one of their supposed principles to get behind this monstrosity of a bill. Real relief for the middle class? Gone. Concern about the national debt? Gone. Concern about economic growth? Gone. Now, there's only one principle left. Reward billionaire campaign donors. This is not a conspiracy theory. It is not a partisan attack. It is what Republicans in Congress are saying in public to reporters. As one of my Republican colleagues said, in a moment of honesty, if they don't pass this tax giveaway bill, financial contributions will stop. And a Republican House member said big donors told him to pass the tax bill or don't ever call them again. Let's call this out for what it is. It's government for sale. And that's how you end up with a $1.5 trillion tax giveaway to corporations at a time of record corporate profits. You know, it's not supposed to be this way. Congress is elected by the people. It is supposed to represent their interests, not those of the people and companies rich enough to fund campaigns. And boy, is there a lot of work for us to do. Over the last 30 years, corporate profits have skyrocketed, while wages for working people have stayed flat. But even though corporations, not families, have been getting richer and richer, Congress has forced families to pick up more and more of the cost of our military, our roads and bridges, and our schools. Corporations used to pay about 30% of the cost of running the government. Now. It's under 10%. But today, the politicians who run Congress will slash corporate taxes even more and shift even more of the burden onto working families. Working people will pay more so that giant corporations can pay less. There is no better example of this than the bill's treatment of Wells Fargo. Last year, we found out that Wells Fargo had opened millions of fake accounts so that executives could goose their sales numbers, drive up stock prices, and rake in bigger bonuses. And it turns out Wells Fargo has also charged half a million customers for auto insurance they didn't need, which meant a lot of people, including soldiers and sailors and marines, got their cars repossessed. Sounds pretty sleazy, huh? But instead of holding them accountable for cheating their customers, this Congress is on the verge of passing a tax bill that will shower more free money on wells fargo than any bank in the country that is right when this bill passes the punishment for wells fargo's cheating millions of americans will be a big gift wrapped present worth billions of dollars in tax giveaways this tax bill is shameful And it is the result of a shameful process. No hearings on a bill that overhauls the tax code and shifts around trillions of dollars. No input from a single Democrat. No time for vetting by actual tax experts. Oh, big time donors are happy, very happy, with this outrageous tax heist. But the American people, The American people are angry and they are right to be angry over and over again and again. They watch this Congress ignore their pressing problems, ignore children's health insurance, ignore flat wages, ignore an opioid crisis, ignore hurricanes and wildfires, ignore working families that are ripped apart by greedy politicians and politics built right here in Washington. Over and over again and again, they watch instead as Washington jumps to do more favors for billionaires, more favors for giant companies, and more favors for campaign donors. Today is just one more terrible day for hardworking Americans. Just one more terrible day in Washington where Washington works great for those at the top and won't lift a finger to help anyone else. People's anger is understandable. I share it. And sooner or later, a reckoning is coming. And I promise you this, when it does, when the politicians who lead this Congress and vote for this tax heist are held accountable for turning their backs on the American people who sent us here, then, then we will be the kind of country we want to be. Then we will be the kind of country we were meant to be. A democracy where everyone, even the richest and the most powerful, pay a fair share, and where we all work to build a better future for all of our kids. Mr. President, I yield the floor.
0: All right, that was... uh... Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts uh, giving her take on this scam tax bill that the Republicans uh, put on us. Uh, Nobody wanted this tax bill. America didn't want this tax bill, but they rammed it through anyway. Why? Because they wanted it. It's not that they thought about Americans. They don't give a damn what we think, how we think, if we live or die. It's what they want, the rich, powerful in Washington. It's what they want, and they got what they wanted, and they used Trump to get it. They used him to get it. This is one of the reasons why I just mentioned ago, the reason why they want to impeach him, because they're, they're keeping Trump in there, even though Trump is an embarrassment to the world, not just America, but to the world, so they can get what they want. And it's a shame the way Fox News is just vilifying uh, and some of the other Republicans, radio and television, vilifying Robert Mueller. And he hasn't done anything but doing his job. Obviously, there's something there. They know Trump' done screwed up somewhere. This is, I just don't think Republicans should be voted back in office ever. Will there be Republicans after 2018? Of course. But it would be really nice if every state turned blue. Vote, vote, vote until you, until you can't vote anymore. Vote, but legally, legally, uh, because uh, the, these people are—they uh, they just want an excuse to try to say voter fraud, voter irregularities. They just want something to say. But if they get that, they're gonna ride it forever, Republicans. But from my standpoint, and a lot of Americans, Republicans should not be voted back into any office within the United States because they're just rotten to the core. And that goes for some of those assholes at Fox News. I don't know. I mean, everybody that I've talked to and interact with, uh, they say that they can't stand Fox News. They know what it's all about. If anybody's tuning into Fox News, it's probably a lot of reporters and journalists because they have to write the news. They have to do, you know, uh, they have to do their jobs. Then you you have a lot of Americans tuning in to Fox News because you know they just want to see see how much uh, uh, see how much of the lies they can spin and tell the American people. A lot of people, a lot of Americans think Fox News is just a circus show. That's all it is. Majority of the people on there probably are not journalists. Are not real reporters. They're just talking heads. And you wonder where Fox News gets to pull up some of the pull uh, some of these people up, out of, from where do they get these folks? And I'm trying to say here, folks, where do the Fox News grab these people, put them on television, and try to sway America, change our minds? You're looking at people you've never seen before. They look like they crawled out of somebody's ass. You've never seen these folks before. Yet they put these people on TV and try to tell us how to think, what to dress, where to go, who to vote for, what, you know, what the thing? They're trying to take over your mind, mind control on on Fox News. I'm hearing that their uh, ratings are down. I don't know if, that that was some time ago, but I don't know uh, how their ratings are right now at this very moment, but I know that they were down at one point. MSNBC was leading them. And I actually don't think MSNBC is a liberal, network. I really don't because they fired and gotten rid of a lot of, uh, progressives, uh, who had great voices and they still, they're, and they're still doing it, you know, uh, Keith Overman. And I'm just sad that he quit commentary, but I, but I have a few of his clips on the show, so he'll always live on the show. Uh, uh, then you have, um uh, uh uh, this African-American, I can't think of her name. She had a prominent popular show They got rid of her. Uh, Ed Schultz, of course, he was a liberal progressive. He was out there for the people every day, going from town to town, state to state, um, fighting a good fight. They got rid of him. Um, a lot of people. I mean, you know, and they're constantly getting, getting rid of people who are trying to give the people a voice and at one point point one point in time i'm hearing that msnbc was trying to be like fox so a lot of us stopped watching msnbc i i gave up msnbc a long time ago because i saw what they were really about and you got a lot of these people trying to disguise themselves as being progressive and they're not they're conservative you have to watch that and 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 in the upcoming elections, you have to really, really pay attention to who you're voting for. Make sure you're not voting for a conservative disguising themselves, trying to disguise themselves as a Democrat. It's going to happen, folks. It, it, it has happened. You know, so you have to really do your homework on these candidates. Because the Republicans are going to try to infiltrate politics any way that they can. Saying that, they're, uh, saying that they're Democrats when they're actually conservative Republicans, just to get their foot in there and do dirt, do garbage to the American people. So you have to do your job when picking these candidates. Do not pick somebody because they have a nice sounding name. Do not pick anybody because they're cute or they look good. Do not pick anybody... Uh, do not choose anybody to, as your candidate, has a nice name or seem like um, they have a nice smile. You never know. The devil in disguise. Check these people out. Vet these people. Research them. Look them up. Uh, talk to them. Uh, talk to people who uh, have talked to them. You know, do more than one uh, uh, research on these folks because uh, this is a this this is an important year coming up, and we know how Republicans like to cheat. They like to cheat. Donald Trump has dismantled his voter fraud commission, and that's a good thing for America. But we're waiting to see what he's going to replace it with. It may be something even worse if we know Donald Trump, right? It may be something even worse what he you know, but he has dismantled it from all reports. And this book is <laughs> this book is called Fire and Fury. A lot of people are getting it, not because they uh, not because they are um, want to make this uh, author rich. They're getting it because they love the salacious details about Donald Trump, and we know it's all true. Donald Trump cannot persuade us. Any, any of us in America that think that is not true. Bannon hasn't denied any word that he said in his book. He hasn't denied anything. And he has really slammed Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's slamming him back, saying, you better cut it out or we're going to sue you. He, uh, he can't sue Bannon. I, my, in my mind, he can't sue Bannon, because Donald Trump is a public figure. And, and public figures are fair game. Uh, he, he's also, there's also the First Amendment, freedom of speech. You can say things, you can say what you want about somebody, you know, but he, the only way Donald Trump, I think, would have a suit against uh, Steve Bannon for saying uh, a lot of those salacious things in the book about Donald Trump, that if Donald Trump was a private citizen, but Donald Trump is a public citizen, he's fair game, you know, and that's probably what the judge would tell him. But as I've said before, Donald Trump has threatened to sue a lot of people in the past, a lot of people, and none of it came to fruition. None of it, no suit was ever brought. He just threatened. And, and a lot of us are thinking that's what he's doing right now because um, if he would to sue, if he tried to sue someone, so much would come out on him that he would not want to come out. You know, probably his taxes and a lot of other stuff. So Donald Trump is not going to sue anybody because it would bring too much out on his ass. But he, he, he. I think he used suits to try to scare people off. You know, but the people who really don't care or don't know anything about the Constitution or, or the freedom of speech, or the fact that he is a public figure. You know, so. Um, all right, you've been listening to the George Wilder doing the show. It's, we have about three more minutes left into the show. Folks, it's been fun. It's been great. I have really missed the show, doing the show. And then we're going to start fresh on Monday, 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 Monday. we got a lot of things to do. All right, here we go.
4: help the roses if the bombs
2: begin to fall. Heaven never
4: never help the black man if he struggles one more day. Ever help the white man if he turns back away. Never help the man who kicks the man
2: a fall
0: Everybody's tuning in to the George Show. we so glad you're there. i glad you're out there. The show would be nothing if it wasn't for you. And we are about to go off the air. we got about two or three more seconds left. Oh, I'm looking at the clock wrong. Anyway, <laughs> the seconds are ticking off, right? All right. Uh, I want to say Happy New Year to everybody. I hope you had a great New Year. Uh, happy holidays and all that kind of thing. <laughs> now we all got to go out and lose some weight, right? You'll follow me on Facebook, Block Talk Radio, right here, LinkedIn. I'm all over the place, Amazon. All right, goodbye, everybody, and have a great evening. And have a great weekend. Bye bye. <laughs>